All right, so real quickly, uh, we're going to go ahead and jump into our modern family values, what's important to pass along, plus how to do it. How do you pass that along? I'm shifting gears in a pretty big way, but uh, we do kind of have a connection point. So you guys saw the picture of my grandson earlier. Y'all saw that, right? I mean, great little picture of my little guy. But I want you to know, um, he's not always the angel that uh, my wife portrays, okay? I just want y'all to know that. Uh, as we get started today, I had another picture of uh, my grandson. This is the one that's not going to make Facebook. This is the one that, so, so my daughter, yeah, look at that face. <laughs> Same attitude as his grandfather, you know, it's great. So that's Taryn and Mitch, and this is the funniest thing because she said, I don't know what was wrong with him, but every picture, well, she said about 80% of the pictures that we had of him, he was mean mugging. And I don't know if it was because he was not used to being out in the light or whatever, but she sent us about four or five pictures, and we laughed for literally two days. We're like, oh my goodness, what are we in for, you know, this little guy here? If you don't know, if you don't know the story here, my grandson is about, he's right at about two months old now, and they just got some pictures made, and uh, that's my daughter Taryn, my son-in-law Mitch, and they will be here with us on uh, June 4th, and they'll bring along Ben. I, look, I don't, know what I'm, I don't know what I'm bringing down, though. I mean, uh, it may be good, it may be bad, but uh, this is the one that doesn't make Facebook, right? Okay, so let's go to our next slide, and we're going to talk today about attitude. <laughs> and uh, I thought that might be a good place to start. It's so funny because here on the left, I have scientific proof the world really does revolve around me. There, there's a uh, picture. And then on the right-hand side, there's actually a bib. It's hard to see, but that is actually a bib that you can put on a baby as they're getting fed or whatever. It says, as a matter of fact, yes, the world does revolve around me. And uh, it's just funny because as we were looking at that image, I, Taryn has said a few different times, she's like, I don't know what he's upset about. I mean, that face, you know, I have no idea why he's upset. All he, he's like, oh, the horror. I'm laying around and being fed, and every time I get upset, I scream, and somebody comes and pays attention to me. He's, she said, I have no idea what's got, what's got this little boy having this image or this uh, uh, look on his face. I have no idea. But the truth is, is that we understand that the idea of a baby... Uh, a, a child is something that does happen, right? Where you just think, well, the world revolves around me, right? I mean, when I'm hungry, I cry, they come. You know, when I'm dirty, then I cry, they come, you know, whatever it might be. And as we get a little older, we realize that we're not quite the center of the universe that we would love to be or that we thought we were when we were younger. Well, here's what we do know. There are parts of a person that we see and there are parts that are unseen. So let's go to our next slide and I just want to kind of give you a quick um, idea here. First of all, um, can we go back to uh, slides five, six, and seven, if you don't mind? Right here, this is all what we have at work in our lives. We have the intellectual portion, the physical, and the emotional portions of our life. It's not that this is everything. It's not that we even are talking about spiritual side of things. It's a whole different kind of Venn, uh, you know, Venn diagram, so to speak. But as you see here, we've got the intellectual, physical, and emotional. And then we go to our next slide, and you can see in some ways, we see the physical. Now, occasionally you'll see the intellectual and the emotional, but mainly you just see that evidenced in the physical, and it kind of dwarfs everything else. 
but probably what you and I experience is a little less than the physical, especially as we're younger, but you can go to this next slide and you can see the intellectual and the emotional are the things that kind of maybe affect our experience of life more so than even the physical. Now, why do I even bring this up? I think there is a great quote by John Milton who wrote Paradise Lost, and here's what he says. The mind is its own place, and in itself can make a heaven of hell and a hell of heaven. I don't know if you guys have ever had this experience, but sometimes I have this experience where I look around, and Shelly and I are maybe at a really fine restaurant, you know, we're celebrating like an anniversary or something, and I look around, and I know how much people are spending because they're ordering off the same menu as I am, right? And then I look around, and I look for what I already know is on my goofy face. I mean, if I'm out spending a bunch of money on a steak or a seafood dinner or something, I'm like this. I'm like, man, this is going to be a good night, you know? But I look around, and I think to myself, these people are spending an awful lot of money to be that unhappy. Have you all ever seen that before? When you go to a really nice place and everybody is buzzing around and trying to make sure that everything's just right and just so, and yet they don't look like they're happy to be there. Have y'all noticed that? I don't know if you've ever had that experience. Now, I will tell you, I try to keep it real around here, okay? Shelly and I have now been married for 32 years. We're coming up on 33 in December. I know some of y'all are looking at Shelly and they're like, that woman is a saint. Yes, she is, okay. But I'm going to tell you something. We celebrated our 15th anniversary and we went on a cruise. And we went to the islands. It was incredible. It looked like something straight out of a postcard. But we were fighting. And I was walking around the paradise with that kind of look on my face that told you, no matter what you see in the physical, something else is going on in the intellectual and the emotional, and it ain't good. I know none of y'all have ever had this experience with any of your significant others, but y'all pray for Shelly and I because we're just normal folk, okay? This is true. This is how it happens sometimes. And it's a funny thing when everything's perfect in the physical, and yet the heaven that you should be experiencing is a hellish experience because your emotional and your mindset and your, phys- you know, your um, uh, intellectual is not where it should be. And so today, I want to talk about attitude, and I want to talk about what to pass along and how to do that, and I want to talk about how to pass along to those in your, you know, whether it's your grandchildren or your children or whoever it might be, maybe uh, you're an uncle or an aunt, and you've got somebody very special in your circle of influence, and you want to pass along the right things. And yes, you know, the old-fashioned values, some of those things have changed, and they're a little different than they used to be. But I will tell you, all of the things that we're sharing in this modern family values is the thing that you should be passing along, no matter who you are and what you're doing, you want to pass along a good attitude and a good mindset. Let's go to our next slide here. Um, I guess I'm all turned around. All right, very good. Sorry. Now, let's go to, if we could, our something to learn and then we'll share. No, no, perfect, right there. That's actually what I wanted. You knew where I wanted to go before I knew where I wanted to go. My bad. Like, I just am looking at my cheat sheet that I gave you. My bad. (laughs) Okay, so do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. What's the next line? By the renewing of your mind. 
And then you see here in Romans chapter 8, verse 6, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but if you could go back, please. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. In other words, we're talking about the mindset and the attitude that we have in our world and whatever we're facing is not nearly as important as what we are doing within our mind to face those things that we encounter. Now, let's go to our something to learn, and I am serious about this one, all right? Our something to learn. The original Greek language that is found in Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, contains a verb that implies continuous action. In other words, you do an action, and then you keep on doing it consistently. So the passage of Colossians 3, 2 is God's word telling you and I to set and keep on setting our minds on things above and not on things of this world. In other words, if you and I are going to change our attitude, it begins with the renewing of our mind through God and his power and his word and changing our attitudes and actions. But it is not a one-time decision. It is a decision that you make and then make again and then make again and then make again over and over and over again. Now, this is important, and you have already experienced this in so many areas of your life, and it is just this. One-time decisions usually don't change your life, but the ones that you make and then continue doing, knowing that they are positive and taking you in the right direction, those are the things that can literally change your life. Can I get an amen on that? Isn't that right? So what is God's word saying? If you wanna think differently, you have to set your minds on things above, and then you have to set your mind on things above again, and things again, and again, because every time you have an argument with your spouse, you need to set your mind on things above and not on earthly things. Every time you encounter Houston traffic, you need to set your mind on heavenly things and not on earthly things. Can I get an amen? Can, and every time you deal with your boss, <laughs> and they're, let's say, creative management style, right? You need to set your mind on things above and not on earthly things. Because every single one of these things can ruin your day, if not even ruin your week. So what do you do? You again choose today, again choose this hour, again choose something different than I felt even a minute ago. I'm going to set my mind on what God is doing in the midst of this stuff that's driving me insane. I'm gonna set my mind on things above and not on things here in this world. If you guys have ever been there and had that experience where you're like, okay, you know what, I'm gonna slow down, I'm gonna take a deep breath, and I'm not gonna let this thing that wants to get in and get its hooks into me, I'm not gonna let it happen today because instead I'm gonna make a better choice. If you've done that at least once in your life, can I see your hands? You've done that at least once, right? And so if that's true, we can do it again and do it again in God's power. So let's remember that we set and keep on setting our minds on things above, not of this world. Okay, let's move to our next slide and this is the Amplified Bible. It, it, it has a good little kind of um, translation on it. It says, set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above, the heavenly things, not on things that are on the earth, which have only temporal value. And this is so true. Let's go to our next slide. Here, 
we see something that I found. It's called the All Pro Dad, uh, and it is six ways to adjust your kid's attitude without losing your mind. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about one of these things rather than all six. I will put up all six, and in this uh, particular article that you can find online, if you'd like, you can go back and read it. It's good. Um, And I'll just share six of those things and talk about one and just move on. But here's what they say as you go to this next slide. They say to identify emotions and influences. And it's interesting that they talked about it's not just people but also actions and environments. I think a lot of the time when we talk about influences pulling people down and their attitude, one of the things that they mentioned in that article was sometimes your child might be upset because of the way that their video game playing went and they didn't exactly come away with a great attitude, right? And so there's all kinds of things. It's actions, it's environment, it's people. Pointing out attitudes, challenging those, and then teaching the response and affirm progress. Now, You guys saw my daughter just a minute ago. If you don't know much about my daughter, uh, that's okay. She's a very private person, and she's been gone for a number of years from our, our house. She's 26 years old. But here's what she has learned to say. Can you have a better response? So she is a counselor, and she has found a way to say, okay, that's fine. I hear you, but can you give me a better response? So that's what she shares with her clients sometimes. And unfortunately, it is also what she sometimes shares with Mitch. So y'all pray for him. Okay. But he literally said, she cliented me. You know, she did that to me. She said, okay, but can you give me a better response? (laughs) I guess uh, I'm glad Shelly didn't go for psychology. I'd probably be a better person, but I'm not sure we would have made it. So in other words... This is really important for all of us. We sometimes as parents or even grandparents expect our kids to act like people who know better when they just don't know better. Now, it's not that they don't want to know better. It's not that they haven't at least one time stumbled into something better. But the truth of the matter is is that sometimes If you don't teach your child how to respond, they won't ever learn how to respond. A lot of the time, people that are my age, people that are raising kids, you think that they know or ought to just have figured it out. But you know how I figured it out? We we laughed about this last week as we talked about moms. The things that I said that got me in trouble, yeah, my parents washed my mouth out with soap. I asked y'all if y'all had that happen to you. Some of y'all did. Why? Because it taught me the lesson, you don't say that, right? Okay, so I learned the lesson, and they took proactive steps to make sure I learned the lesson and I didn't forget it. And so if you don't want to wash your kid's mouth out with soap, that's fine, but that means you just have to make sure that they remember it one way or the other, okay? So whatever path that you want to take, whatever path of discipline you want to go down. I'm not here to convince you of one or the other. I'll tell you what I believe if you want to talk to me when the cameras aren't watching and my parents can't be arrested. Uh, (laughs) Kidding, mom and dad, kidding. But they taught me the better way to respond. I had a bad attitude. They said, no, we're not doing that. No, we're not doing that. We're not going to do that. And I will tell you, I, I talk all the time about my wife being an incredible mother. 
my wife was an incredible mother. She's going to be an incredible grandmother, I have no doubt. But one of the things that she used to do is she'd tell the kids, she'd say, you've got about the count of three to change your attitude or else we're going to have a different problem. And she was serious. It wasn't like mean or anything like that. It was like, I know you're upset. I know you're frustrated. I know that you want to cry and scream and throw yourself down and kick the ground and all that stuff. But we're going to count to about three and then we're going to move on with our day and we're not going to let this move everything in this household to change because you're upset about the silliest little thing. And so my wife would say, okay, are you good? One, two, and right about two is when my kids would be going, (laughs) and by three, they were over it and moving on and it didn't affect all of our day. That's important. And you want your kids to stumble into that, but most of the time you have to teach them the better response. It's not automatic. It's not easy. It's not something that they fall into. And if they're not doing that, that's on you first and foremost. It doesn't mean that you haven't taught them. It's just that you have to keep going and keep going and teaching them correctly each time. Now, let's keep moving here. And uh, I do want to talk about the big idea. The attitude you choose determines how you experience your life. The attitude that you choose it, it, it determines how you experience your life. Okay, so I, I worded that real carefully, and I want you guys to say it out loud with me if you don't mind, okay? Are you ready on the count of three? Ready, one, two, three. The attitude you choose determines how you experience your life. Here's what I can tell you. The Bible says that Jesus told his disciples before he left this world, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. I'm not here to tell you that if you do everything according to God's plan that you're never going to face troubles because that's not true. I'm not here to tell you if you do all the right things that you will only have good things come into your life because that is not true. I wish it were, but it's not. Jesus himself told us that's not how it works. But here's what I do know. I do know that what you do experience gives you an opportunity to have a choice of dealing with it in a positive or in a negative way. And you will choose it, and then it will begin to color everything after it. It's so important that we determine what we're going to choose because that determines how we're going to approach the life that comes after those difficult things that we face. It's just a reality. So real quickly, here's a second something to learn, and then I want to talk about a little bit of how we pass this along. The book of Colossians is one of the prison epistles, also known as the prison letters, written by the Apostle Paul. It was written to the believers in the city of Colossae, And it was a powerful reminder that even while he was in prison, Paul decided that he would choose to not allow his mind or his mindset to be determined by others or by outside circumstances. In other words, here he is telling people to set their minds not on things of the earth, but on things above. And he is literally writing those words as he is in prison, not knowing if he will live or die. 
Now, I have been told and I believe with all of my heart that when we're under the most pressure, we see exactly who we are at the very core of who we are. And when Paul faced his own impending death and destruction, he said, you know what? I'm going to set my mind. I'm going to choose today to set my mind not on the things that scare me in this world, but instead on things that are above. I'm going to do something today that will benefit God's kingdom And in the process, I'm going to set my mind on heavenly things and not on earthly things. Now, let me just be very clear. For you and for me, this is important because we want to discount and say, well, when things get good, then I will have a good attitude. And if that is true, if that is exactly what you believe is going to be required for you to have a good attitude, guess when you will actually have a good attitude? (laughs) Y'all already know the answer to that one, right? Because things are just always something wrong somewhere in your life, you know. You're doing really great with these areas, but financially it's a struggle. Or you're doing great in all of these other areas, but spiritually you're down. Or you're doing great in every area except for physically. It's a real challenge right now. And on and on the list goes. And so if you let every one of those things choose your attitude, then you may never have an opportunity to have a great attitude and enjoy your life the way that God desires for you to enjoy it. All right, so let's keep going here and let's talk about this. Don't miss this. I've shared this three times in this teaching series and I'm gonna share it again today. Most parents focus way too much on a child's behaviors and focus way too little on a child's attitude and their outlook. I've shared this before we even got to this message on attitude because I believe with all of my heart the best thing for you in the long run is for you to coach your child's attitude and direct them down that path because here's what I know. I love spending time with my kids. They're probably one of the greatest joys of my life. It's an incredible time when we can all get together. I've got one in Michigan, one in Tulsa, one in Oklahoma City, all of them where they need to be and where they ought to be and where God's got them right now. But when we get back together, it's just joy. It's just pure fun. It's not because everything's perfect. It's just every one of us has learned that we're not the center of the universe of our family And what I want for you is if you have a child that you know needs some help and some direction on how to be their very best version of themselves, that you don't hope that it happens, but you get proactive and you roll up your sleeves and you say, I'm going to help my child in this way. Because a lot of the time, if you will coach them out of some of those bad directions, it will be a help to you early and a help to them early. And you can knock some of the years off of them finding themselves if you will just get in there and do your very best. And this is one of the most powerful quotes I've ever seen on parenting from a Christian perspective. It's by a a man named Paul David Tripp. It's from the book called Parenting. And as you go to this next slide, you'll see it. If your eyes ever see or your ears ever hear the sin, weakness, and failure of your children, it's never an accident. It's never a hassle. It's always grace. God has put them in a family of faith so that you can be a tool of his rescue and transformation. In other words, what he is saying here is 
whenever you hear your children say something that they shouldn't say. If you watch them do something that they shouldn't do, if you watch them treat somebody in a way that you know that that's not what you want for them to grow up and be, then you have the responsibility as a parent, you have the opportunity as a parent to step forward and say, that's not us. That's not what we do. I will not let you treat someone else that way. You're better than that and they're better than that. That's your opportunity to step in and be someone who coaches them past those things that they will struggle with on their own for a long time unless you say, you know what, we can go through this together. And let me just say, most parents, we see it, but we feel like it is a hassle. You know how I know? Because I've been there and because I did that, that, that universal sign that it's a hassle. <sighs> She did what? <sighs> I got to go talk to her about what? <sighs> it's a hassle. But it's not a hassle. Because now, after my kids are gone, and after they're not at home, when they come home, a lot of those hassles have been something that's grown out of them. And it's just a joy to be around your kids. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because you've experienced the same thing. You've got kids that have gone away and come back and you've seen some of the seeds that you planted and the things that you watered and the things that you thought you had to grind into them. They come back and they start doing those things that you poured into them. And you might even be amazed at how they were actually listening. Be faithful, keep going, and don't give up because it is always God's grace to give you that direction and give you that opportunity. All right, so real quickly, I want to share something with you. Let's go to our next slide. The longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than facts. It's more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than successes, more important than what other people think or say or even do. It is more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. It will make or break a company, a church, or a home. The remarkable thing is, is that we have a choice every day regarding the attitude that we will embrace for that day. In other words, we set and keep on setting. We cannot change our past we cannot change the fact that people will act a certain way, and we cannot change the inevitable. But the only thing that we can do is to play on the one string that we have, and that is our attitude. And then this is what kind of really pays it off from Chuck Swindoll. He said, I'm convinced that life is 10% of what happens to me and 90% of how I react to it. And so it is with you. We are in charge of our attitudes. I couldn't say it any better than that, and it is so powerfully true that we make those choices we made to make sure and make the good ones. Let's go to our next slide. Okay, so what do we pass along? We pass along that attitude is everything, and we make a positive choice for our own life. And how do we pass it along? I want to talk about four things very quickly. Let's go to our next slide. We set our mind and we keep on setting. That's a daily decision. It's an outward interaction of positivity. And that also spills over into our face and our posture. Let me just say something real quickly. Teenagers, young people that are still in here, let me just share this with you. 
ultimately what comes out in your posture, your face, and all those things, it can be very positive and it can draw people to you or it can be very easy to be somebody who keeps your distance emotionally from other people because you're giving off a vibe where you're saying, I don't want somebody to pursue or interact. And so I just want to just share with you, I was reading and doing some studying and, and, and kind of moving towards, there was a girl who wrote a, a post in her blog or whatever it was. It was on her website. It was posted. And she said, I was a kid who was famous for my tantrums. I ruined family celebrations. I ruined tons of get-togethers. She said, I don't know all the different times, but it was just famous in my family that we'd have a big event and I'd throw a tantrum. It's just what I was. She said, but then I remember being in a Mexican restaurant with a big event for a family. And she said, and I was wondering why I was so angry. And she said, and then I thought, why do everybody... Why does everybody at this table seem to be having a good time but me? And why do people seem to love my sister more than they love me? And why do people want to be around her and talk to her, but nobody wants to talk to me? And she said, and at 12 years old, I started thinking about the posture of my body, started thinking about my face, noticed that I was turned away from everybody else. As they were down this way, I was here telling them I didn't want to interact with them. She said, at that moment, I decided to try something. So I turned to my Aunt Darla, and I started acting like my sister that everybody seemed to love, who was outgoing and kind and interactive. She said, so I started acting that way, and I was shocked to find that my Aunt Darla actually did want to talk to me, but I had been giving her every reason to not, every indication that I didn't want to talk. And so I just share with you guys, young people, just go out of your comfort zone a little bit because there's a lot of us as older folks would love to talk to you, would love to connect with you, would love to interact. But part of it is, is we're not sure exactly how to say, or if you're even interested in hearing from old gray-headed people like us, you know, all of these things are there. It is an opportunity for you as well to be a person who totally changes the entire dynamic of your life by the attitude that you push off and portray. So real quickly, we set our mind and then we keep on setting. Let's go to our next slide here. And then we eliminate or limit the environment of negativity. That's avoiding some of the people that pull you down. I would encourage you, man, looking in the comments section can be hazardous to your health. Can I get an amen on that? My goodness. And then your socials, maybe it might necessarily be a difficult thing for you to, to uh, be involved in social media sometimes when you're in, an, in a vulnerable spot. Let's go to our next slide very quickly as we keep moving. Don't miss this. What determines the outcome in our life is not whether or not we allow moments of negativity to become a mindset of negativity. That is so important because we will all face that opportunity to feel negative, but we can't let it be our mindset. Let's keep moving. Ephesians chapter four says these words. We feed on scripture, prayer, and truth of God, and then we begin to speak it to others. It is so powerful as we do that. Is there Ephesians chapter four there on slide 25, if you don't mind? 
um, Ephesians chapter four. Here's what Paul says. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires and to be made new in the, can you guys read that next part with me? In the attitudes of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. How we continue to build a better attitude. We've already seen number C. Let's go to our final one, our fourth one there. We start creating our own positive environment. If we see it, we speak it positively. And then we ask ourselves exactly what is positive. In other words, one of the things that I often see is we see something positive and we can make a compliment, but instead of doing that, we keep it to ourselves. And so there's no bridge that's ever built. But the truth is, is that if we see something positive and we say it, we begin to tear down the walls of isolation and we begin to make connections. So I encourage us all, every one of us, old folks, I've been on the younger people just a minute ago, now I'm on you. If you see a young person who is doing something good or if they look amazing, let them know. Say, hey, I'm proud of you. And can I say something real quick? You guys who were here yesterday as we were working out there, I'm so impressed by y'all. I'm seeing a bunch of those same faces. Mine is the sunburnest uh, face of all of them. Uh, I got more sun than anybody else. But you guys were out there, long time, tons of work, incredible. You did an amazing thing yesterday, and I appreciate you. And being around y'all was a blessing to me. It was just great. Y'all are some fantastic kids, and I have enjoyed that very, very much. So thank you. I want to be, make sure and take, be uh, taking my own advice. And that is, if I see something positive, I want to say something positive. All right, very good. Let's keep moving here. And we're just about bringing this to a close. How do I apply this? We begin to win in our mind, starting with small actions and changes. And then we sow positive seeds outward. And we do it this week. Here's what that might look like. If you go to this next slide, the mindset, not the moment, the moment might be pulling us negatively, but we take the mindset and say, instead, we're going in a different direction. And then, you know that there's a name that needs some positive in their life, reach out to them. Or you know there's a situation that you're going to have this week that you could put something positive in their life. Do that this week and do your very best to make it something that sticks. All right. Now, I'm going to go ahead and have the, the group come forward, and we're going to sing a final song in just one moment. But Lincoln, his resume, you've already seen this. I shared it with you. You can go back. Walt Disney, you can see that. I already shared that with you, and uh, you can go back and look at that. But I want to share something totally from my own situation. This is my dad, my Uncle Ron, and my Uncle Roy. Now, my Uncle Roy has passed... This is my dad on the far left. That's my Uncle Ron, who's still alive. And this is my grandmother who passed away. Okay, so here's what I want to share with you. My grandmother is one of the biggest influences in my life. She's an amazing lady, an absolute blessing to everybody that ever met her in so many ways. But it's not because of the things that happened to her were wonderful or easy or good in her life. And I started making notes on some of the things that I knew about her life when she was younger and some of the things that she went through. And I put a little bit of a list together real quickly. And I'm gonna share this with you. She became mom for her father, 
brothers and her sisters. That's seven of them plus her dad at age 11. So what happened was her mother died in childbirth. And so at that time, she had, uh, back in that day, boys didn't know how to cook, okay? (laughs) You know, that's just the way that it was. And so she literally at age 11 was asked to drop out of school and start cooking and cleaning. She dropped out of school and became the mom of that family of seven kids plus a dad. Crazy. Can you imagine an 11-year-old? And then she lived through the Great Depression. She lost a child who was only a, a, a day old. And then she lost a marriage to multiple affairs, uh, a, a husband who wouldn't stay faithful. She was a cancer survivor. She became the breadwinner for the family of four and plus herself when women didn't usually work outside the home. And then later in her life, she lost her foot and then lost her leg up to her knee because of diabetes. And here's what's the craziest thing in all of this. This woman had one of the best attitudes of anybody I've ever met. It's not because she had a good life and the picture-perfect fairy tale life. It's because she daily made a choice to say, I'm facing troubles and trials, but the question is not what's happening to me, it's what I will do with what is happening to me. Now, here is what I share with you every one of you today. Today, I don't know what you're going through. This is a pretty rough list, but you might even be able to identify with one or two or even three of these yourself. But this is just what happened to one lady who happened to be my grandmother, but she changed so many lives. There's about 75 or 80 of us in this family, and almost every single one of us puts this woman who did not have much more than an eighth grade education as one of the biggest influences in all of our lives. Why? Because of the grit and the determination that she would not let life beat her down, that she would keep going and that she would keep setting her mind on things above and not the earthly things. And she is the woman who has changed my life. She changed my dad's life, who became a pastor, which changed my life as well. In so many ways, this kind of grit, this kind of determination, this kind of attitude, no matter what you face, is the kind of thing that can change everything in your own life and change so much in the lives that you touch. So let your attitude be as Christ's and serve outward and love and set your mind on things above. Heavenly Father, as we end our time around your word, we thank you for the practicality of all that you have given us in your scriptures. May we be led to be building our life around these things that you have given us, not simply the things that happen to us, but instead, Lord, as well, those ways that we will encounter them and give them to you and allow you to be a blessing through us in the midst of them. God, work within us, I pray.